Most of you probably know that this weekend is Canadian Thanksgiving. And this is the third part of a three-part mini-series on Thanksgiving, conveniently coming to a climax today. And today, my goal is to help and encourage the practice of being thankful and giving thanks to God. Being thankful and giving thanks to God. Four points. Usually I have three, but it's four today. Uh, the origins of Thanksgiving Day. Gratitude is good for you. Very good. What to give thanks for and practical suggestions for growing in thankfulness. I wonder if any of you know the origin of Canadian Thanksgiving. Well, there's various discussions about it. One of the stories is that um, in 1578, which was more than 40 years before American Thanksgiving got started, there was a British sailor called Martin Frobisher who was trying to, f to, to find a trade route across what's called the North Northwest Passage, which was to go from Europe to China without having to go around the bottom of South America. This is before the Panama Canal was built. And there was a lot of interest in getting through this mythical Northwest Passage, if it existed. And um, uh, he had a fleet of ships, and he was going through, and there was a, they got stuck in ice, and there was a terrible storm, and the whole fleet was separated, and they thought they were sunk. And then they managed to find them again. They got reunited, and in August that year they held a special Thanksgiving. They all came together uh, and had a special Thanksgiving. No turkey, it was beef and peas and uh, other things. So um, they returned to England without finding the passage. So I don't actually think that that's the main origin of Canadian Thanksgiving because actually I think all, thanks, all Thanksgivings go back to the Bible. All Thanksgivings actually go back to a Thanksgiving festival, which the Israelites held to commemorate the end of harvest. And we read about this in Leviticus 23. It was called the Feast of Booths or the Feast of Tabernacles. Let's read about it. Oh, there's a picture of uh, Frobisher stuck in the ice at that point. Uh, so here's the Festival of Booths. On the 15th day of the seventh month, when you've gathered in the produce of the land, you shall celebrate the feast of the Lord seven days. We've got it wrong. We're only celebrating it for a single weekend. Um, on the, and the, they counted days including both ends. So seven days actually meant eight. On the first day, day, on the first day shall be a complete rest and on the eighth day shall be complete rest. And you shall take on the first day, the fruit of splendid trees, branches of palm trees and boughs of leafy trees and willows of the brook, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God seven days. In other words, you must have a fun time here. You shall celebrate it as a feast to the Lord for seven days in the year. It's a statute forever throughout your generations. You shall celebrate it in the seventh month. You shall live in booths for seven days. All native Israelites shall live in booths. So uh, this this was a, a fun time for the the 
family because you basically got to live in a tent. It was their equivalent of a tent. You kind of made a little shelter from these branches and you lived there outside for a week. And it was supposed to be a time of rejoicing. Now, it's actually still celebrated today um, amongst Jews and it's called Sukkot. And this year it was October 2nd to 9th. So it's only just finished. And uh, the other interesting thing about it is that apparently they would sing certain psalms during it. A group of psalms which are from 113 to 118, which are called the, the Hallel. It's similar to Hallelujah. And Hallel means praise of God. And so these praise psalms uh, were sung during this time. And uh, they were also sung um, at some of the other feasts, but it was they were sung at this time. And I'd like to take the last of these, which is the kind of the culmination of these, and make this the main passage that we read today, which we're going to base our celebration of Thanksgiving on. So here we have it. Psalm 118. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. It's going to make that slightly larger. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his loyal love endures forever. Let Israel say, yes, his loyal love endures forever. Loyal love is a special word, chesed, which means a love that won't abandon you. You're secure. And this is what they're praising God for, this kind of love that just loves you whatever. Let the family of Aaron say, yes, his loyal love endures forever. Let the loyal followers of the Lord say, yes, his loyal love endures forever. And I think that this really picks the perfect thing as the primary primary object of our thankfulness. It's God's love for us, which is so secure that we can just rest in his grace, that nothing could shake it. The Lord of the universe has set his love upon us. What could be more worthy of our thanks. And then there's a story. In my distress, I cried out to the Lord. The Lord answered me and put me in a wide open place. The Lord is on my side. I'm not afraid. What can people do to me? The Lord is on my side as my helper. I look in triumph on those who hate me. It's better to take shelter in the Lord than to trust in people. It's better to take shelter in the Lord than to trust in princes. I'm going to skip a few verses just for sake of time. The Lord gives me strength and protects me. He has become my deliverer. They celebrate deliverance in the tents of the godly. And that word tents is the same as booths. The Lord's right hand conquers. I will give you thanks for you answered me. And have become my deliverer. The stone which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. You may recognize that verse. Of course, applied to Jesus. And it's amazing that Jesus and the disciples would have read this psalm at the Last Supper. Not that that was the Feast of Tabernacles, but that was the other feast where they read would read this psalm. This is the Lord's work. We consider it amazing. This is the day the Lord has brought about. We will be happy and rejoice in it. Please, Lord, deliver. Please, Lord, 
grant us success. You are my God, and I will give you thanks. You are my God, and I will praise you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his loyal love endures forever. Isn't that wonderful? It's just like, it, I was just reading it, it kind of fills me with this, this like feeling of, of what a wonderful God I have. It stirs up this uh, celebration in me. So that's basically what all I wanted to say about the origins of Thanksgiving. That is the origin of Thanksgiving. So let's look at what we've done. We've looked at the origins of Thanksgiving Day. And now we're going to look at gratitude is good for you. Very good. We're going to then look at what to give thanks for and some practical suggestions. So gratitude is good for you. Now, people sometimes have questions about how the Bible relates to science. I want to say if it's good science, then it's simply investigating the world that God has made. And so if it's good science what it discovers will perfectly fit in with God's revelation in the Bible. So we shouldn't be surprised that there have been discoveries about the amazing power of thanksgiving, the transforming power of being thankful. And um, it's been discovered that actually it makes us happier. And one of the most effective ways of becoming happier is to increase our level of thankfulness. And there's a a book being written by Sean Acor, and you can find the references when I put this sermon online. I'll put the references there. But this book has been written, and I'm just going to quote from it. Um, He says, Studies have shown that consistently grateful people are more energetic emotionally intelligent, forgiving, and less likely to be depressed, anxious, or lonely. And it's not that people are only grateful because they're happier, either. Gratitude has proven to be a significant cause of positive outcomes. When researchers pick random volunteers and train them to be more grateful over a period of a few weeks, they become happier and more optimistic, feel more socially connected, enjoy better quality sleep, and even experience fewer headaches than control groups. I'm just going to summarize some of his discoveries here. They found 16% fewer physical symptoms, 10% less physical pain, 8% more sleep with improved quality. Depressive symptoms reduced 30%. Now, I ought to say that this is after they trained them in an exercise of thankfulness and they got them to do it as part of their daily routine so every day they would go through a process of of going through thankfulness as part of the daily routine and it was something that they that they had to follow they weren't just generally told to be more thankful um what else blood pressure was reduced and even studies suggested an increase in lifespan wow There's also some social blessings found. Uh, They found that the the people ended up being more friendly. Their marriages improved. They um, had received more respect, more friends, 
and deeper relationships. I'm not sure how they mar- man- have they measured all of those things, but anyway, that's um, they all sound good. And numerous other benefits they discovered. So personality benefits, they found they were more optimistic, more self-esteem. Emotional benefits, they found more resilience, uh, more good feeling, uh, less depression, I mentioned that before, and there was an improved career success. So uh, those are, uh, as I mentioned, those are some some discoveries, and we shouldn't be surprised if uh, this this is discovered because the Bible has such an emphasis on thankfulness, being thankful to God. And uh, we've got a whole book, the Psalms, is mostly about being thankful and praising God. And it's such an emphasis that uh, we shouldn't be surprised if God, who has actually designed us and built us and tells us to be thankful, tells it to us for for good reasons. Um, so it is useful to see this stuff. It's interesting. I'm giving it to you as an extra motivation to help you in this process. So... That was very quick. Uh, look through the gra- gratitude is good for you. Very good. And now I want to look into quite a bit more scripture at what to give thanks for. What to give thanks for. And then we'll look at some practical suggestions. So one of the questions would be, what did Jesus give thanks for? What was he? What was he thankful for? I wonder if any of you know. There are 12 recorded prayers of thanks we have in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Can you, can you guess what they, they're about? Well, two of them are thanksgiving that God revealed his truth not to the proud, but to the humble. There's one prayer of thanks for raising Lazarus from the dead. The other nine are for food. Um, I thought I'd find um, all of those references. I thought I'd look them up and I'll show you now. I was I was quite blown away when I saw this. So let's have a little look at um, these verses. Um, then he ordered the crowd to sit on the grass and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And then later on in the next chapter, he took the seven loaves and the fish and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the crowds. That was another occasion. Then later on in Matthew, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup and when he'd given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink of it, all of you. Then in Mark, um, similar stories, the five loaves and two fish, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. And then later on, another miracle of multiplication. multiplication. They had a a few small fish, and having blessed them, he said these also should be set before them. And then later on in Mark again, in, in the Lord's Supper, As they were eating, he took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to them, saying, take, this is my body. And he took a cup and when he'd given thanks, he gave it to them and they all drank of it. Um, 
Another one in Luke, I won't read that, almost identical verses in Luke. Um, and uh, then Luke 24, there's another story. He's at table with them. He took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. This was after Jesus was resurrected. He's with two disciples on the road to Emmaus. And this is how, this is the point they recognize it was Jesus. When he gave thanks and broke the bread. This was what they recognized. Maybe there's a particular way that he gave thanks, but this was part of Jesus' DNA. I, there's not a single place you read of Jesus eating food without giving thanks that I found. Uh, then John, um, same story, um, John 6, about giving thanks and distributing the food to the multitude. And then um, uh, another place, uh, they're, just, they're describing, they'd eaten the bread, and actually, I'll read the whole thing. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they'd eaten the bread. So this is later on in this chapter, after the Lord had given thanks. So it's referring back to Jesus breaking bread, but it it like pulls this out as being a key thing because it was so woven in to the way that Jesus started meals. Well, these are these are verses of um, what Jesus is doing here. And you can look through the rest of the New Testament and you can see that the apostles continued that practice of giving thanks for food. So, uh, wonder why are there so many references to giving food compared with other things? Well, one of the things about food is that we need it regularly. We're constantly dependent on it. And so it's a reminder of our dependence on God. And it's ordinary. Like it's not, it's just, you know, it might not be special food. It's just, could be just bread. It's just ordinary food. But an attitude where we're recognizing that that is something to give thanks for is really important because cultivating a spirit of thankfulness is not about thanking God for the big things, the huge things. It's thanking God for all of life. And so food is a very, very good place to start in this because it's something which is regular and it's just part, it's woven into our life. But we can, you know, we can thank God for other things as they happen during the day uh, as we're reminded about what God has done for us. So um, there's a great story that I want to tell you. Um, you may have you may have seen this picture. Um, you may have seen this picture here. Uh, there's a story behind this picture. Uh, there's a tiny town called Bovey in Minnesota, and uh, just four years after World War One, World War One had begun, there was a, a photographer called Eric Engstrom. He'd immigrated from Sweden and he'd set up a little photography business in this little town. And one day, an old man who was selling uh, shoe scrapers knocked on Eric's door. And he let the man in and uh, he decided to give him some food. So he gave him, uh, he gave him some, uh, some soup and some bread and then he watched this man he was very taken with this man because there was something about him he had this quiet strength 
had a deep wrinkles and a shaggy beard, but there was something about him. And he watched this man, and this man sat down before the loaf of bread and the porridge and closed his eyes and dropped his head in his hands and started giving thanks. And Eric was quick enough to get his camera and to snap a picture. So this is this is not posed. This is a real, genuine picture of a man who was like maybe living on the street. He was certainly very, very poor. And he was going from door to door selling things. And he was um, giving thanks for the food here. So this picture, which was called Grace... And it's been hung in kitchens and living rooms all over the world. It's become very, very famous. And apparently in 2002, an act of the Minnesota State Legislature established it as the state photograph. So this is a, this is the story. And when you see it as, as when you hear the story, it really adds something to it because this is actually happening right now. This man who has nothing is giving thanks to God for this food here. Um, so what about giving thanks for a meal? Some people regard it as legalistic to always give thanks before we eat. Well, is it legalism? Well, it depends what, you no, know, it could be, it could be turned into legalism. I mean, I've heard people discuss, you know, what sort of thing should you give thanks for a cup of coffee or, you know, if it's got protein in it, then you should give thanks for it. You know, stupid things like that. And I think that's getting legalistic. You give thanks if you're thankful for it. And it's not, it's not like a law that you have to do it. It shouldn't become a ritual, but it's a very Jesus-like thing to do. And the, the real question, I think, is what's motivating you? If you're doing it because it's duty, and you think you have to, or somehow the food will become poison in your stomach, then God will hate you, then that's being legalistic. But if you're doing it simply to remind yourself of God is your provider, then it's not legalistic. Some people ask the question, should I give thanks in a restaurant? Well, the only time I wouldn't give thanks in a restaurant is if I'm with people who think I'm trying to show off how holy I am and trying to kind of be religious. Um, so I don't think like you have to give, like there's no rule about this, but um, the real question is, um, are you trying to draw attention to yourself or you no, know, it's just something that happens naturally. Um, so, uh, so if we come back to this question, what to give thanks for? This was how I started this section. What do we give thanks for? I would say um, especially give thanks for everyday things like food. If you want to follow Jesus, then especially give thanks. Especially give thanks to for things, for everyday things like food that, um, you know, you can get up, you can see the sunshine, you can give thanks to God for the weather, you can give thanks to God for your clothes, that kind of thing. You know, if you're working, you can thank, give thanks you have a job. That kind of thing, I think, is um, very important in the biblical model of thankfulness, that it just becomes part of something woven into our lives. So um, that was what to give thanks for. And now I want to conclude by just giving you some practical suggestions. And I mentioned uh, Sean Acor before, and uh, he's got uh, an idea there, which I, I think that it's um, 
fits in very well with what the Bible says. He expressed it quite well, and I think it's worth reading. The best way to kickstart this is to start making a list of the good things in your job, your career, and your life. It may sound hokey or ridiculously simple, and indeed, the activity itself is simple. But over a decade of empirical studies has proven the profound effect it has on the way our brains are wired. When you write down a list of three good things that happened that day, your brain will be forced to scan the last 24 hours for potential positives. Things that brought small or large laughs, feelings of accomplishment at work, or a strengthened connection with family, a glimmer of hope for the future. In just five minutes a day, this trains the brain to become more skilled. This exercise has staying power. One study found that participants who wrote down three good things each day for a week were happier and less depressed at the one-month, three-month and six-month follow-ups. More amazing, even after stopping the exercise, they remained significantly happier and showed higher levels of optimism. And the better they got at scanning the world for good things to write down, the more good things they saw without even trying wherever they looked. The items you write down each day don't need to be profound or complicated, only specific. You can mention the delicious takeout Thai food you had for dinner, your child's bear hug at the end of a long day, or the well-deserved acknowledgement from your boss at work. In fact, one study found that um, it was more effective in actually making you happier than your salary being doubled. So it's great to get these studies. As I mentioned, these are just a supplementary motivation, but they're interesting. Um, the, certainly, this is similar to what the Bible says about thankfulness, because the Bible talks about making thankfulness part of our regular daily process on a regular basis, being thankful. And Paul talks, as we saw in previous weeks, about being thankful in our prayers, something woven into our prayers. And so we shouldn't be surprised if it has all of the benefits that I've just read to you. Uh, But I read that because I really want to reinforce the idea that what we're talking about now is not one day a year or one weekend a year, but this is something I really want to encourage you to weave into your life and turn it into a practice. So I'm just going to stop for a moment now, and I'm going to ask you to tell me three, not, sorry, not to tell me, you can't, if we were meeting live, you could tell me, but um, what I want to do is to get you to imagine that you're going to be telling me in a couple of minutes' time three things that you're thankful for today. So just start thinking of three things that have happened. Now, I'm going to say the last 24 hours because it's the morning. So the last 24 hours, three things you're thankful for. And you're allowed to say food. There, well, if you need more time, then you can just pause this live stream. But um, 
I'm assuming you, you've got some things now. And uh, so I would like you to write those down. You can. I'd like you to write those down. And I want to suggest to you that just doing that, having that practice of identifying the three things, they don't have to be three different things every day, but they should be things that have happened in the last day. Um, so as to get your mind constantly looking for new things to be thankful for. Now, um, uh, before I end, I'm, I'm just going to, this is my last slide here, but um, before I talk about this, I want to show you a very, very short clip from uh, a, a video about um, the design to inspire gratitude about God's creation. So let me just show you this, that now. I didn't have much money, but I had time and a sense of wonder. So I started shooting time-lapse photography. It would take me a month to shoot a four-minute roll of film because that's all I could afford. I've been shooting time-lapse flowers continuously, non-stop, 24 hours a day, seven days a week for over 30 years. And to see them move is a dance I'll never get tired of. Their beauty immerses us with color, taste, touch. It also provides a third of the food we eat. Did you know that 80% of the information we receive comes through our eyes? And if you compare light energy to musical scales, it would only be one octave that the naked eye could see, which is right in the middle. And aren't we grateful for our brains that can, you know, take this electrical impulse that comes from light energy to create images in order for us to explore our world? And aren't we grateful that we have hearts that can feel these vibrations? in order for us to allow ourselves to feel the pleasure and the beauty of nature. Nature's beauty is a gift that cultivates appreciation and gratitude. Wasn't that great? I, was, I just love that. Um, so, of course, I can't end without talking about the pinnacle of our thankfulness. And, of course, in the psalm we started with, we saw it's thanking God for his love that is faithful and will last forever. And now we know what that love looked like when it was given to us. It looked like Jesus Christ dying for us, being raised from the dead and giving us new life. And 2 Corinthians 9.15 says, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. What a perfect way to end this series on Thanksgiving. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. 
other gifts we could describe, we can talk about, but this one goes beyond anything that we could even, 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 um, imagine its limits. So let's just give thanks right now then to God. God, we thank you that you are so good to us. You provide for us daily. You give us our daily food. You provide shelter for us. You provide warmth. You provide clothes. You provide our physical necessities. You provide our needs, but also our joys. You provide friends. You provide lots of extra things that we have. But Lord, most of all, we thank you for your love for us, your love forever. And your love shown to us in Jesus Christ, the, the indescribable gift who is joined to us forever, who we were joined with in his death, united in his resurrection. So our sins were washed away. And now we are raised with him to be destined for glory in indescribable joy to a place where you say you'll wipe all the tears from our eyes forever. Lord, we thank you. We lift up our hands to you in thanksgiving. Amen.